In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I so wanted to testify on his behalf when the chief priests and the elders sent those men to seize him and arrest him. But I knew they wouldn't listen to me. A woman being listened to in the Sanhedrin or even later in the Roman courts? No way they would show such a, a woman such respect. These were such strange times. Folks who had shouted Hosanna earlier in the week later shouted, Crucify him. How could anyone who really loved him do such a thing? I was powerless to help him, who had so miraculously had saved my life. He had delivered me from seven demons that had kept me in darkness and desperation most of my life. He was the kindest and gentlest man I have ever known. My Rabboni, he had been a teacher to me precious beyond words. My heart would just burn with delight whenever he opened the scriptures to us. I loved caring for his needs and supporting his ministry. Oh, how I shall miss him. How could they crucify my dear Lord, whom I loved more than any other? He handled it with so much dignity. After they stripped him of his clothes, one of the guards knelt on his chest as the other stretched out his arms upon the cross. And then I heard him say the most amazing thing. He said quietly, but distinctly, so we could all hear, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Unbelievable. At a moment like that, there was no denunciation, there was no complaint. Rather, there was the quiet, unbroken confidence of a child in his father whom he can totally trust. My Lord, he mounted the cross like a throne. The crowd who came to watch the crucifixion was overwhelming. People pushing and shoving to get a closer look. Why is it that people gather like human vultures whenever someone is suffering or in pain? Were they enjoying the spectacle? Even the respected religious leaders came along to sneer at their defeated enemy. The guards kept driving us back again and again to leave enough space. But whenever they relaxed their attention for just a moment, the crowd pushed forward at once. But nothing, and I mean nothing, was going to drive us four women away from the central cross. 
we were determined to stay by his side and offer whatever support that we could. And somehow, the centurions seemed willing to help us hold our position. I think he sensed his mother was with us, and he took pity on us. As Mother Mary wept, she never really lost her composure. It was like she understood something the rest of us didn't. It was nauseating, looking at the three men hanging there in the scorching, hot sun. I noticed there were flies in their wounds, adding to their torture and misery. How could any man bear this for long and remain human? And sure enough, I heard one of the criminals who had also been crucified, cursing and swearing and attacking my Lord, who was hanging in the middle between them. The fact that my Lord seemed to so quietly accept his fate appeared to enrage him all the more. Can you imagine? This criminal had no sense of compassion for a fellow human being who was suffering the same fate that he was, but joined in with the other folks who were mocking him. He challenged my Lord, Are you not the Messiah? If so, save yourself and us. But after a bit, the other criminal who was emotionally exhausted, could stand no more of his mocking and insults. He turned upon his fellow criminal and told him to shut up. We, he said, have been condemned justly. We're getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man, he has done nothing Wrong. It was weird to hear an argument like this going on between men as good as dead. What was it about Jesus that so commanded their attention when vultures were waiting to feast on their flesh? The scene was so unreal, and then more unreal than ever, when the penitent criminal turned his head to my Lord and said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. They had nailed Pilate's inscription to the cross, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. But what was the criminal saying? He was calling out to Jesus, using his personal name. Jesus, Jesus, I heard him call to get his attention. Was he experiencing the same irresistible love that I had experienced the day my Lord came into my life? That grace, that love, that after I experienced it, I could never forget or get enough of. How 
else could he believe that our Lord, stripped of his garments, mocked and hanging in agony on the cross, was going to rule a kingdom? He expressed confidence in him, even trust. Then I noticed our Lord turned his head to make a reply. As he hung upon that cross, even now, his thoughts were not for himself. In a voice, which I now realize after the event, was nothing less than the voice of majesty. He said, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. No hesitation, no conditions, no recriminations, just forgiveness and grace. In response to the criminal's simple, humble prayer of remember me. Pure and abundant grace. So much more, I am sure, than the penitent criminal ever hoped for. A promise to be with Jesus in paradise immediately today. A promise he could count on. But what amazed me at first was the strength of my Lord's voice. It was clear to me he was exerting every last ounce of the energy that remained in him to bring encouragement to the dying criminal. Of course, that was always his way. In re- he reaching out to those of us who needed him the most. He had much more sympathy with the penitent tax collector than the self-righteous Pharisee. He told those religious folk, the prostitutes would get to heaven before they did, and they sure didn't like it. They would criticize him. This man receives sinners and eats with them. And when they asked who their neighbor was, he told them the story of the Good Samaritan. They just wouldn't listen, no matter how he said it. He could forgive anyone of their sins, except those who wouldn't admit they had any sins. He was at home with the honest sinner, was the phony hypocrites that he could not tolerate. I think Jesus respected that the penitent criminal upon the cross didn't try to cash in on his good deeds, even if there were any. But like the tax collector who cried, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, he cried, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, Today, with me in paradise. Paradise, a word I had never heard our Lord use before. It was a rare word reserved for a place of indescribable bliss, like the Garden of Eden 
beautiful beyond words. Paradise, a place of no more tears, pain, or death, but a place of such love where we will be able to forever enjoy the presence of our precious Lord. While the pain and anguish of the penitent criminal did not automatically cease with Jesus' promise, I did notice his face seemed to relax because of Jesus' response to his faith. A voice of authority had spoken that gave him confidence, a voice of love that encouraged him a voice of certainty that created peace today with me. And paradise is where Christ is and we are. It seems strange now, but as I stood by that cross and heard these words, I had the feeling that they were addressed to me as much as to the dying thief. They applied to me then, and they apply to me still. Whether I find staying focused especially difficult, I don't know. But it seems as if a many times a day my whole life slips, as it were, out of Christ's orbit. It starts to revolve around my own axis instead of his. And again and again, I cry out in my self-absorption, so often self-inflicted, Jesus, remember me. And every time I cry that honestly and sincerely, I know what his reply is. Today, with me, in paradise, that prayer, remember me, we can pray as often as we need. Seeing how they have treated my Lord, it may not be long before I have to pray it for the last time. It is good to know that when that day dawns, I, Mary Magdalene, have nothing to fear. I'm so glad that Jesus spoke his promise to the dying criminal. Not that I'm any better than he was. But it reassures me that no one, no matter what their sin is, is excluded who has faith in him. Every person is of infinite value to God. And that the future is safe in his hands. God is with us. What is more, there is no time lag after we die until we are with him. We are assured of the continuation of his presence. Today, you with me in paradise. There is nothing more we can want for ourselves. And there is nothing more we can want for our loved ones. Whenever we find time to pray, let us remember those dear to us and also those maybe who are not so dear to us and say, 
Lord. Remember him, Lord. Remember her. Amen.